welcome to Under the Blanket, and I am your host, Baba Here Love, and we are under Miraji's cosmic blanket, his blanket of existence, and we are in his heart, where we see all is one, and uh, you uh, have been working all day, three jobs. And you finally have a day off, and you're sit sitting down, and you decided to turn on under the blanket. So just relax. You don't have to get busy listening. You don't have to get busy not listening. Just, just let this go through you like Chinese food, just in and out. It's you don't have to figure anything out and all that kind of stuff. And I have with me today, you know, if you're a regular listener, she's been on the show a bunch of times. Aaron Montgomery, author of Dirty Little Secrets. So say hello, hello. Aaron. Hi there. Hi there. Hi there. Yeah, it's good to have you on the show again. Well, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I was gonna we're gonna talk about uh this idea of spreading uh our awakening. Now, probably people listening to this show are at least awakening a little bit, so to speak, are becoming conscious are getting on with it. There's many ways to say this. Or, um, and people, some people aren't into that word awakening. They're just, uh, you know, they use other uh, ways to see it, like going to God, or they look at it as uh, 5D, or some people ascension, uh, and other people call it Buddha nature, or, you know, finding your soul and finding your self-realization. Self, like it could be realization. But anyway, you know, I look at it as, you know, say you're becoming conscious and you're discovering that you're not your your body and you're not your your identification with your separate self. You're not this person, say uh, Leroy, that's um you know lives in the trailer park and you know you have to eat and then you have to go to the bathroom and then you have to go to work or whatever. You're starting to see you're not Leroy. That there's more to everything than your senses, than what you see, than what people tell you, than your thought processes. And then you might be overwhelmed with a sense of joy. And, you know, you might like, I want to share this. And, you know, a lot of people seem to get into this thing where they they first get into this awakening and they get this, oh, I got to tell everybody. You know, they might even want to run through the aisles of churches screaming, listen to those words you're singing. It's all true. And going up to people on the street, I love you, you know, this kind of stuff. I uh, feel, and I, in my book, uh, Spiritual Bipolar, I go into that kind of stuff where that, that, that need to sort of spread the awakening. But I, I find it, it's much more helpful that um, you just let it happen naturally, like a stream. It's not about trying or rushing off and streaming in the streets. It's just about, you know, keep working on yourself, keep becoming more conscious, Keep doing your practices, uh, whatever they may be, and getting more and more deeper into peace within and love and all that kind of stuff. And when a situation comes up that you might want to talk about it, it would come naturally. And when you might uh, do something online and share something, it will feel right in your heart. It won't be out of this psychological need to share or to turn people on it will just be like oh this is just what i find myself doing it's sort of like letting it happen like you're not this person trying to awaken people because we see that we have to awaken ourselves because uh from my perspective anyone's ignorance 
is my ignorance and anyone's awakening is my awakening. We're all on this this journey together. As Ram Dass said, we're walking each other home, so to speak. And uh, I find that that just let it happen naturally. And you might find yourself sharing something on social media. You might find yourself having a conversation with someone that's like, hey, you seem very peaceful. You might be in a park. Someone comes up to you. Oh, you seem really peaceful. Like, why? Like, and then you might tell them. And some, a lot of times you don't have to say a word. You don't have to do anything. Just live your life. Just spread that vibration. I think ultimately that's the best way to share the awakening is the vibration of your love and peace and your awakening it is connected to everything. And get this, Aaron, right? Mm. If you say touch one being's heart, just one being gets something out of your awakening. Well, that heart that you touched by whatever means you did is connected to every sentient being in the entire universe. So you may think, well, I'm not Eckhart Tolle. I don't have a million followers. I'm not Deepak Pockets Chopra. I don't have all these, this empire of spirituality. And I just, you know, I just talk to my grandma and she's a little more peaceful. Hey, your grandma is it, is the universe. Your grandma's connected to all those people that follow Deepak Chopra. So anyway, I thought that's a good place to start. Aaron, what do I we think do that's about an excellent this? Place. You know? What do we do about this? Well, I think that you've brought up a real, uh, a lot of really good points all in one moment. You know, there have been times where I, too, have felt the need to just spread the word and get out there. And every time I try, there's a lot of pushback. Like, I I'm, can't get heard. Nobody pays attention. I'm not... Uh, making any progress. I'm not getting readings, you know, all of these things that I'm trying to do. Let's lift consciousness. Let's expand our, our awareness, you know, and everybody's like, well, whatever, busy. But on the other hand, if I'm just feeling really good about something and smiling away as I walk down the, you know, the aisle in the grocery store or whatever and turn the corner and somebody sees that smile and I see them smile back, that alone tells me that just being who I am in the moment, feeling the way I feel is going to impact the people around me. And, and those are the moments where I see, okay, I don't have to push. I just have to be, um, you know, I, I, I have my own spiritual practice, but is it like the people that you mentioned, Eckhart, Eckhart Tolle and Deepak Chopra? No, not at all. Not at all. But the and by the way, Aaron, I wasn't them putting them down. I, I've met oh, people no. that have gotten a lot. I even read oh, their sure. books, and I'm not putting them down at all. You know? Right. No, me neither. Me neither. But they are popular, and they have the means and the ability to get their messages out to the to the multitudes. And that is amazing, and it is really, really powerful. And and maybe that is their purpose. Mine is not necessarily the same way. It, I will. It's oftentimes when I'm on shows like this where I say something in particular that piques one listener's attention and they reach out. That's where I see it the most. Yeah, and it's that's beautiful. And, yeah, go on. Sorry. It, it's those moments where I can just divulge a little bit to a single person that usually has the most impact for me. I don't speak to the masses. You know, because I think perhaps I am getting this wrong, but I do see maybe some people getting, uh, as far as like people like us that are, you know, doing, presenting ourselves as, uh, uh, 
you know, this information of uh, ascension or awakening or uh, writing books and doing podcasts and, you know, having clients or, I mean, I do mine for free, but there's nothing wrong with getting financial help doing this and all that kind of stuff. You know, uh, uh, some people might get caught up in that, like, oh, I don't have enough clients. And then you see like how spiritual awakening and spreading spiritual awakening could perhaps be corrupted by the quest for money the quest for popularity, how you appear, uh, what Ram Dass would call phony holy. And that's, you know, you're saying you're farther along than you are. You're, you say, oh, I love you. But at that moment, you're feeling anger, that kind of thing. Or the phony unholy. Oh, I'm so not, I'm a servant of God. I'm a child of God. I had this one person, they were so obsessed with being a soldier of Jah. And they were smoking their pot in, in a spiritual way. And that was great. But they were so... Like, I'm not Jah, I'm not part, I'm the child of Jah, you know, and that's just a kind of phony unholy that they present themselves, oh, little me, and then the other, the, I'm, I'm not a part of this beautiful, great thing, I'm just, you know, like, uh, even Ramdas said he would get caught up in just, oh, I'm not the guru, I, I have my guru in India with the blanket, and I'm just like, you know, a little soul, and I'm getting on with it. And that has a little tinge of what he would call the phony unholy, you know. So how do we avoid these sort of traps uh, when we're spreading the awakening? Not an easy thing to do. Not an easy thing to do, especially if people are listening and they like what they hear and they're able to use it and spread it and, and you're getting more attention. And then, you know, this is something that I think all of us that have people that listen to us really struggle with like oh i have something important to say no not necessarily what you're saying is your own truth and you're just being who you are and that's all that you need to be and you're going to yeah. reach the people that you're going to reach on purpose you know it's going to happen the way it needs to and you don't you know bringing the ego into it um will diminish will diminish the message itself yeah, I, I feel that, I mean, I my book covers this sort of stuff, the spiritualized ego, the the sort of ru sense of rushing and urgency to spread the awakening. I, I really want, I, I want, I had this great uh, Kundalini Shakti awakening, cosmic joke, and I was just feeling so, every, the, the energy and the oneness and all that. And the issue was, Aaron, I took my ego with me, and there was the oneness, and there was the cosmic joke, and there was the Kundalini. But I was this special person to, and at the time, pop the bubbles of separation. And I was the one, the specific, not that we're all the one. I was the specific person to pop the bubbles, to bring the awakening. And it just, my ego grew to enormous proportions. I called myself the Ganja Prince. I, I, I told my family they had a bow to me. Anyway, this led to eventually me being hospitalized, being diagnosed with bipolar. And it's just, it's such a, I, I was having a great time. I was laughing. There's the cosmic joke, right? But I remember how my family was very worried about me and they were very disturbed by it. And people I know were disturbed and the mess and the, the, the message wasn't getting across by that way. I mean, people, I was just looked at as a, a psychotic manic person. I wasn't touching hearts. You know, but, you know, I don't regret it, Aaron, because it made an awesome book. So check it out. Audible Spiritual Bipolar, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. And uh, it's going to be somebody that picks up that book right now and reads it. 
that will get the message that they need. And that is the purpose and not an ego driven by my book, by my book, by my book. Like the, you, this may be important to you. So if you feel drawn, do it. Yeah. I, Cause you know, I'm not making money off this book. I mean, most people can get mm-hmm. the free link. I, I really get more caught in the touching heart thing. I'm not about them. I just like when people get like, you could imagine what this did to my ego side where I had this woman who lost her child and at, fell out of a tree. And, you know, perhaps the worst thing that can happen in life, you as a parent might even have thought about this, is you lose a child and the devastation. And she completely lost any sense of humor. And uh, she was just devastated. And she still had to go to work. She still had to take care of her other kids. And the only time she would get out of that is when she did psychedelic therapy. And she'd have this moment where she feels connected to her child's soul and all this kind of stuff. But you can't be on all that all the time. So you come down and what do you do the rest of the time? Eventually, she found me. I became her spiritual advisor. She might be listening right now. Amy, I love you. And, you know, she was like she found her sense of humor. She's getting on with it. She's able to deal with that tremendous tragedy. And, you know, uh, my ego, I caught my ego because my ego's like, oh, you know, look what I did. I made this person feel better. And that even though it's not about money, that kind of ego trip, it can be the helper's prison, Ramdas calls it, where we're a helper and we need the helpless and we need to help. And, oh, look, I cured this person. I cured that person. So how can we avoid that sort of stuff? Because, of course, we got to help. But how do we avoid getting caught in that sort of helper's prison? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, as a therapist, I, I face that all the time. Oh, you know, there's. I've got clients and, oh, that was so helpful to me. Like, well, that's great. But you know what? I just reflected you back to you. And that's, you know, where I try to stay most of the time. You know, that I think that's the most helpful. What I'm hearing from you is this, this, and this. And and it sounds really strong and awesome. And, and this is you. And just kind of reflecting, you know, whether I'm in, you know, at work in my treatment room or if I'm doing um, any shamanic work or anything is just reflecting self back. Like, look at how beautiful you are. And that's oftentimes enough. Yeah. Yeah. That is beautiful. And uh, what about the sense of, you know, that's like I was talking about before and we were the sense of like, you were talking about pushing or the rush, that sense of urgency, you know, um, what, when you really mature enough, say so to speak, spiritually, you see that everything comes in its right time. I mean, some people call it God's time, you know, people that are into the G word. But regardless, some other people call it karma. Uh, whatever it is, you, you step back really back now. you got to step back really far back to see this. And you see it's all exquisitely perfect. Some people call it the divine plan. It's all karmically connected. And that every little, like a leaf moving a centimeter, or a person getting the message or not getting the message, and all these interconnected reincarnation and lives, and it's all happening now, and all that sort of stuff comes in this timing. So what's if someone doesn't get the message, they're not meant to get the message. If Amy listens to my... So basically, Aaron, you step back, from the separation and you're able to see the whole universe and all the different levels all is like a pattern unfolding and every little leaf moving or a person getting the message or not getting the message or a person 
going through whatever they're going through, no matter how horrible it seems to the ego, where it's like people shouldn't suffer, people shouldn't go through this. How this is how I think the world should be. It should be different as it is. We step back to this place that is a. It's okay. It's all right the way it is. And if a person doesn't get the message, they don't. And if they do, they do. And you sort of see that you know you grok uh, what comes from a hind line, stranger in a strange land. That everything is this on a certain level is this process and unfolding, and it all has a, a, a something behind it. Some people call it everything happens for a reason. Whatever way you say it, that you don't get so oh, I have to awaken all the people for before the climate change or before the world blows up or to stop this or or, or this person I really care about. They have to get this message. I have to make them meditate. They have to sit down and meditate. They're so depressed. They're crying. Or they're say they're on terrible drugs. I got to get them off the drugs and teach them to meditate and help and help and help and stop all the suffering. That's missing this perfection. That's missing this process. And you know, uh, but then again, Aaron, right? You could get lost in that and forget the human heart that cares, that breaks for people, that cry. Like when you're with a person that's dying and really suffering, and you cry with them, or someone that just lost someone, and you cry, and your heart breaks in that empathy of how it just stinks and I want to do something about it. So could you speak to some balancing all that? How do we do that, Aaron? Uh, that is that is another big one. That, that's not easy to do. Um, being able to be present with the person where they're at, whether they are ready to change or not, may be one of the most important things that we can do. Just acknowledge how they're feeling in the moment and sit with them in that pain and say, yeah, I'm right here. And um, this is okay. What you're feeling right now is okay. It may not be fun, but it's okay. And we're here and we're going through it together. And, um, you know, what do you need right now? Instead of, well, we need to get you off those drugs. Let's take you to rehab. Let's take you into counseling. Let's, you know, all of these things. And if the person isn't ready, if the person doesn't want to go that route, or maybe that's not the path that they need to take right then. Um, it's impossible for us on the outside of that person to know what it is that they need. We may think that we know what they need, but that in itself is um, really ego driven. We can say, you know, this, I was in a similar situation. This really helped me. What are your thoughts? And does that resonate? You know, and they can say, oh, yeah, sure, tell me more about that. But to sit there and say, this is the way that this help this helps you know this this is the path no way no way yeah yeah i was once reading someone post something online about like conversation and this thing called active listening which is uh cool you know you you listen you you feedback a certain question you don't immediately someone tells the story and then here's my story and a certain conversation and all that and i was thinking you know these are important skills but you know, what about how uh, a person that's good at active listening? Like, I know this person who has a therapist, and the therapist is very skilled at active listening and really good at it. But yet, there's, there's no vibration there. This person feels, you know, something missing because maybe perhaps this therapist is very caught up in the ego of active listening, using it as a skill. I'm here, I'm listening to my patient, and I'm jojo the therapist and i'm listening to billy the patient and i'm like oh I'm, and then i'm really feeding back the questions i'm really active listening 
are, and you know, instead of say going to the this higher consciousness we're talking about, where listening and talking happens in a flow. So they might be active listening at certain times, or might be talking at others, but are they identified with the person talking? Like I find when I do these the sort of live talks online, if I think I'm Eric Baba Hirolov who's talking, that I'm not presenting that vibe of consciousness. I'm just furthering the separation with ego tripping. But if I step back and I'm just being, and here I am beyond the body, beyond the ego, in sort of an infinite soul connected to everything. And here's this guy, like right now, this guy is talking. The senses are going through the senses. Sense data is being received. He's speaking. Uh, all this stuff's happening. But where am I? Backstage, right? Like you were saying, being present, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That that reminds me of, um, you know, when I will channel information, I have this sense of not necessarily stepping back, but stepping into myself. It's like I allow more of my potential, myself, you know, the universe, whatever you want to call it. I, I've, I've allowed more awareness to step into me and I can speak from that um, stance instead of just me in this body, in this time, ego driven. It is, it is a, it is an expanded sense of self, I guess you could say, in order to help the person that is talking to me, like, oh, gosh, what you said just made me feel this way. And then I heard these words to relate to you. Does that resonate? You know, and it's not necessarily my own personal path and experiences that I'm trying to relate to the person. There's this this higher consciousness this higher level and vibration that is that is trying to communicate with the person that i'm speaking to and i think that um being able to do that that stepping back as you said or allowing through as i said to happen to to expand the way we are able to interact with others to help create this awareness in them of this other way of being yeah, and that brings up something I think, you know, a lot of people that listen to me, you know, are into the blanket guru and be here now and Ramdas. And that applies like he when he came back from India after he had his psychedelic experiences and then he learned meditation and learned how to integrate those experiences and all that, he started lecturing and out came this powerful transmission, a channeling, like you're saying. He was channeling his guru and his guru was a cooked goose, you know, he didn't have the ego tripping. And out came this voice from the guru through him. That higher consciousness came through him. And it was beautiful. And that ended up, they took that parts where the channeling happened and sort of condensed it and distilled it into be here now. So there's sections where that channeling was occurring because then he'd be channeling and then all of a sudden he'd get be Richard Albert, the professor, and out would come all this other gobbledygook. And, and you know, what happened was, you might encounter this, is the channeling comes through and then people were like, well, you must be a guru. You must be cooked. You must not have ego problems. And people would come up to Ramdas and think he's so holy because they were at his lecture and out came this glove and out came this channeling voice and all that. And they were just blown away and they're just finding peace and they're just getting on with the melodrama. And all of a sudden he finds people are projecting all this stuff onto him. Do you ever find 
because of what you're doing, because of your book, because of working with people that have, people project stuff onto you that you're not, that's not stuff you're dealing with, you know, what, what about that? Oh, I think so. I think that as soon as somebody puts you on a pedestal or steps you up above themselves, they, they lose that ability to just stand there with you in the moment, you know, and, and there's a shift in perspective. Oh, you were more than you are greater than that. You are bigger than you are more capable than I am. And then the answer is no, not at all. Yeah, not yeah. at all. And, and you can do this too. You just have to take a minute and sit and listen. Right. And I find that, you know, having a name on the internet, Baba here, love, I deal with a lot of projections and, you know, we all deal with projections, not just online, but all the time where people project what they, their desire system, what they think it's all about. And they have this view of who you are, who they are, what it's all about, where you're coming from. They might, you might say, write something online and they're like, he's really angry based on the words, based on their projections. But I would say, be calm. And they're like, that's angry. Or they will project onto me. I'm so great. I'm so holy. Oh, like this one guy, I know he maybe he's listening now. He projects like saintly stuff onto me. I'm like, oh my God, please stop. You know, but that's what he's got to go through, whatever. And then other people, they'll see that name, Bobby Here Love, and they'll project onto me phoniness or being fake. But what, what when it comes down to it, what, we are just all on that level where this, there's a person here. That's a manifestation of the one, and it's perfect. Like you were saying that one time in an earlier show. We are all one, and it's all that oneness. And then we have these manifestations, these individual manifestations of the oneness. So there's the oneness, and then there's the oneness manifested as Aaron, and there's the mm -hmm. oneness manifested as Baba Hirov, and there's the oneness manifested as the starving kid in Africa, our Trump, our uh, Tom Cruise, and we know all those manifestations right are perfect as they are it's only our ego that sees them anything less than perfect we're all worthy of this love you know but except tom cruise of course he's not worthy and he's terrible <laughs> oh my goodness yes he is yes he is yeah. worthy. one exception on this globe about love and about being perfect tom cruise i mean we all it's okay to hate tom cruise he's a terror i mean he's just terrible <laughs> oh my goodness you know but that there's there is something to that um you know feeling less than or somebody is more than and um you know just with being able to again reflect back to this look at how beautiful you are you know yeah you, you, you know we allow our own beauty our own perfection you know and it helps us allow everything's perfection, everything's beauty, and we don't get around saying anything. We're just allowing our perfect beauty of just we're a manifestation of the one, and we are the one. And yes, we still have an ego, but that's not who we are. We're working on ourselves, yada yada. And we don't got to go around saying I'm working on myself, I'm beautiful. We're just doing that. We emit that vibration. And people like I often get you probably get the same thing. People like when you walk by, I feel you. I feel calmer. I feel like something's coming from you. But not in the way that they think you're special, in the way that they just feel more they can they can start to accept their own worth and their own beauty. Right. Yes, exactly. So and, you know, that that saying that other people's opinions of you is not your business. I mean, it is that that shows, I mean, this whole concept of, you know, if you think of somebody in some fashion, that is your own projection 
of what you think onto that person. It has nothing to do with that person. It is, you know, a projection. And so when people are like, you are, you are saintly, you are fake, all of those things like, like, well, those are your issues to deal with, not mine. And that can be, and that can be really, really hard, especially as we sit in the ego self to manage because the ego self wants to be liked and it wants to be good and, or, you know, whatever it is that you want in life. And it's really hard to step back away from other people's opinions. Absolutely. You know, this is uh, to the ego. It is very difficult. There's a Zen, the Zen patriarch who says the great way is not difficult for one who has no preferences. So basically, when we're in the ego, it's preferences. I like classic rock. I don't like hip hop. You know, that's where it's difficult for you go to someone's place. They put on all this heavy metal. And I like I'm in the ego, say, for example, and I'm like, I really don't like heavy metal. That's the story I tell myself. And there's playing this death metal with Satan stuff. And I'm like, ooh. And I'm like, I don't want to be here. And I'm getting all uptight. That's the life part of life that's difficult to the ego with the preferences. If I'm where I am now, backstage in the here and now, then put on heavy metal. It don't matter. You know, put on uh, uh, Judy Garland or heavy metal. Because Judy Garland is to my ego level. I'd be like, yeah, Judy Garland. Wizard, but we're off to see the wizard. Then heavy metal, my gear goes like, no, what? That's terrible. That's Satan music. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's a really good point. That the more that we are in that uh, that universal consciousness, that one, the less preferences matter. And I, I think I've seen that in myself. And I think uh, you know a lot of people think oh, either you are to giving or you are a pushover or you are um you don't have a backbone it's like you know whatever whatever you want to do i'm easy i don't care and you know just as long as we're having a good time and things are flowy and easy and, and i feel good in the moment and you feel good in the moment then that means we're doing what we need to be doing no matter what music is on i don't care what and, music you, know, you it's choose important though to i feel yes what we're saying is true but also remember that we can't push away our personality, that we must honor that even though we don't identify with our personality, that we honor that that personality is there to function on this physical plane, that it's there. We don't have to identify it. We don't have to get lost into it, but we can honor it. We can honor that we don't have to get in a situation where we have to go to a heavy metal concert. Well, you know, you could imagine somewhere pushing that away, being like, well, I shouldn't have preferences. I'm going to go to Slayer. And I should love it because I love everything and I'm no preferences. I, re- I, I listen to Bobby, <laughs> your love. I should have no preferences. I'm going to go to Slayer and sit there and meditate, you know, but instead maybe that person could honor their personality and not go to Slayer, but also not get lost in that personality that doesn't like Slayer. Right. Yeah. I think, I think that balance is really important. And, uh, when we do have messages to get forth, it is going to come through often through that ego, that ego voice. You know, I may receive universal information to partake or, you know, to give to somebody, but I'm going to do it in my own way. And, um, and that person will either will or will not accept it, you know, and, um, and I think that's important too. You really do have to honor who you are. Um, lately, I've been seeing this um, this slide between the individual self and oneness as a like a soundboard where you can adjust levels. And I think that um, it very much is. You can you can change it. 
you can move further into universal oneness and you can move back into ego just as you as needed yeah i feel that's uh, that's absolutely essential keeping it together on all levels all the different tv channels of reality making sure you're not say two in one and pushing away another and that might be different for each manifestation of the one now we have reached the end of the show and uh so uh, before we go, though, perhaps uh, you can maybe plug something or say something uh, you want to say, and then I'll end the show. Hmm, plug something. <laughs> Moving into the ego. Um, sure, buy my book. Um, you know, everybody has their own experiences and experiences that could help others. My, my book, Dirty Little Secret, Confessions of an Alien Contactee, is just that. My own personal journey from trauma into understanding and acceptance of ET contact. And um, if that is something that you are resonating with, go ahead and check it out. Now, just because she's not on Oprah's book club and I'm not on Oprah's book club and we don't have all these reviews from the big, the big wig that totally deep Chopra aren't writing little blurbs about it. You know, you, you don't listen or you don't have to buy into all that necessarily. All that might be good for you, but just, you know, like Aaron says, if you resonate with her and you're like drawn to her books, maybe that book will be much better than what the culture tells you. Oh, this Oprah book club with all these blurbs and reviews. Maybe that's not the book for you, listener. Maybe you need to read Dirty Little Secret and that will it will open your heart. It will help you understand your experiences. Maybe you're going through E.T. stuff. So anyway. This has been Under the Blanket with your host, Baba Here Love, and I've had on Aaron Montgomery. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. And thank you, listener. And, you know, please, you know, why do you have to eat so much pizza? You know, everyday pizza. You know, just maybe think about cutting back on the pizza and having some broccoli. And you're, like, probably freaking out right now. How does he know? Every day I order Domino's. I know all I see all. <laughs> anyway, I just thought it had a little humor in there. All right, bye-bye, everybody. Rom-rom.